Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Radio. My name is Clarice Connolly, and I'm a women's empowerment coach supporting women to really take what life's thrown at them and be empowered about it and to really capitalize on the gift and the richness that is available when we look at some of our biggest obstacles or some of our biggest pains and this episode is going to be so rich. I'm so excited to have on Lauren Selfridge. She's taken her diagnosis of multiple sclerosis and really created such a powerful podcast, created such a powerful mission. She's out really empowering women to navigate the difficult experiences that our bodies have and give us and inviting individuals to go deeper and have more of a conscious relationship with themselves. And I'm really so honored and elated to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, Lauren Selfridge. Woohoo. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay. Yes, absolutely. So I really, um, I love and enjoy your mission. I, I've connected with you previously. I want to get people to know a little bit more about you. What's your like three minute, here's my story, and how do we fall in love? Ready, go. <laughs> All right, here we go. So um, about three and a half years ago, uh, I was in the practicum phase of becoming a psychotherapist. And what that means is it's right when you first start seeing clients. Mm-hmm. And about a month into that, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm. And it was a complete surprise uh, because I joke that I didn't identify as somebody with a disease because mm-hmm. I think most of us don't right. uh, before we're diagnosed. Uh, but I did have some symptoms and we were trying to pin down like, what exactly is this? So I wound up having the simultaneous journey of becoming a therapist and developing an identity as somebody who lives with an autoimmune disease. And so it's been a really amazing journey. And and truly from the beginning, I started to notice what some of my own like emotional, psychological strengths were, Mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, when the rubber meets the road, you kind of have to pull out all your best tools. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in that process realized, you know, I think I want to do something with my own growth and discovery of my strengths through this illness by talking to more people about their emotional, spiritual experiences, living with and dealing with, uh, having difficult situations with their bodies. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to start a podcast called This Is Not What I Ordered. And it's based on the idea that none of us pick having these health challenges. And yet we have this thing in common, which is that we're dealing with something that's in our bodies that you cannot escape from essentially. And given that there's so much beauty that can come from our developing a relationship with the illness or the injury or the health challenge and with ourselves. So I like to say that, you know, what if, what if chronic illness, what if health challenges are actually an invitation to deepen our relationships with ourselves? 
I love that. I love that so, 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 so much. If you were to say, um, like, what would be that access point, right? Like, let's say you just got diagnosed. Like, how was your journey? How did it unfold from the moment you got diagnosed? Like, where did you find yourself? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that moment right after getting the information is such a tender, raw, Mm -hmm. vulnerable moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any wrong way to receive that news. Mm -hmm. So some people go numb. Some people get angry. Some people uh, are in disbelief. Some people are relieved because they finally have an answer. Um, I wound up kind of sitting in silence for a moment and realizing that I couldn't take it all in but I could take a little bit of it in. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's actually one of the tools I've been able to develop is giving myself permission to receive and take in as much as makes sense in that moment. So I don't have to process every emotion I have, uh, all at once. And, and over time I started to see like, you know, I have some decisions to make here. Mm -hmm. And one of the decisions was I want to take a positive approach to this. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what helps me to feel safe and powerful in the world is if I feel like I'm choosing a positive approach. I love that. That's very empowering. And I really, I really love that notion of of being able to choose. There's, um, it's, it's so interesting too. So my, my intention to have you on is just to give awareness to life after, you know, receiving news that you're going to be living the rest of your life with a chronic illness or a health challenge and to find the light, like find someone who's modeling. There's another option. There's another alternative to come from a positive place to do something positive about it and to just really have you be of support. You know, you mentioned the website, reach out to her. This is not what I ordered.com. And what I hear in what you're saying is that there's this, place where you get to know yourself more on a very emotional level and there's an opportunity to dive into like what comes up for you yeah and and really as a therapist I believe that about pretty much every challenge that happens Mm -hmm. for us um and I also think it's important as someone living publicly with a health challenge who's Mm -hmm. saying Hey, I like to take a positive approach that it's not just, uh, you know, happy faces all the time, or you should just make a decision to be positive and then everything will be okay. That it's actually really multifaceted and complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't ever want to tell somebody how to live their lives. Right. I, I can, I can, you know, be public about how I live mine. Mm -hmm. Um, but part of why I decided to do a podcast, which I imagine is probably part of why you did too, (laughs) is because I knew that introducing people to a variety of ways Mm -hmm. that people own their lives and a variety of ways that people create joy or deal with the deep sadness and pain or how they, you know, what types of activities they engage themselves in, what their philosophies are, how they make meaning of all of it. I felt like that was the best way to provide almost like an open door to people um, from all different approaches. And I want people to feel welcome 
at whatever part of their journey they're on, mm-hmm. including like just being really ticked off about it. Right. I was just going to say, so it's interesting because I'm also like, I've had my own experience with health challenges and I'm also, what's more present to me or on the top of my heart is my mom, you know, having learned that she's working with a form of dementia and there's a super interesting experience that's happening inside of our family where she's completely ashamed in denial doesn't want to talk about it literally only told her sister so we're both kind of like do you like there's very clear symptoms and Mm. also like this unwillingness to share you know there's like 57 or 47 types of dementia you know and I'm over here like, let's be proactive. Like, what can we do with this? This is a great opportunity. And, you know, everyone else in my family just kicked back like, yeah, this this is what happens. This is life. And it's like I get to honor both and all. Um, And I hear this like opportunity where I'm like, oh, you know what? In your experience, you know, you get the you get the news. Like, did you reach out for support? Did you create some sort of community? Like, what was your next like kind of action when you kind of uh, allowed yourself to have permission to kind of digest piece by piece? I love that question. And I also just want to acknowledge what you just shared, which is really powerful. And I think what you're talking about, which is you're essentially asking, how do I hold this information mm-hmm. about what's going on for this person who I really love? Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that mirrors, I think so many people's experiences, either receiving a diagnosis themselves mm-hmm. or receiving the news that a loved one has Mm. a diagnosis or has a health challenge of some sort, um, that it's such a beautiful question to ask, how do I hold this? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's, it's one of those questions that we get to answer over and over again and we're all doing our best. And so it's like, you're, you're trying to figure out how to make sense of it Mm -hmm. and how to, how to show up in her life and how can I be a support to my mom? Like, these are great questions. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that because it's pretty, it's pretty vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, for her and for you. Oh yeah. I know. As soon as I, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Cause as soon as I said it, my, I like, I had remembered when I had asked my mom, like specifically, like, can you tell me what's going on for you? And like, what's happening with you? And she's like, why? So you can tell everyone. And then I'm, you know, and then, you know, I just was like, oh, <laughs> and I said it anyways, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to honor. This is also my experience, right? Like I'm, I'm, this is just who I am. Like I care and I love deeply and I want to be of support in any capacity. And this is my experience. So I can own my part. And then I was like, Oh, well I did it anyways. (laughs) Sorry, Mm. mom. (laughs) Not that she listens to this, but (laughs) and I I also want to bring that in too. Like I want to, um, I want to dive into that part as well. Right. Cause that's very important. Like that's the other flip side to this part. Um, is how do you be the loved one? How do you be the one that's supporting your individual or right. relative? Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, um, and, I, and I'm not surprised about this, people will write to me sometimes and say, hey, can you interview some caregivers? Mm-hmm. Can you do some episodes about what it's like to be a loved one or a mm-hmm. friend of someone living with a health challenge? And I care so much about the caregiver experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not very... I don't, I'm not the best person to do that. And so I, mm-hmm. I would love, um, actually there are some podcasts out there. Nice. Um, but I would love for people who feel, um, passionate and inspired, uh, about 
about that topic to mm-hmm. create those conversations publicly as well. And I also like to say, if you're somebody who wants to do that and you want to reach out to me and kind of collaborate and brainstorm yes. together, I would yes. love to support you. Absolutely. Um, Again, find her. This is not what I ordered.com. Reach out like this is perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. One of the jokes is like caregivers don't have time to make a podcast because they're too busy caregiving, (laughs) which is true. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the first thing I did, again, you know, when I tried to lean on my parents and my family members, uh, you know, I just was like, okay, there's not one way to do this. And this is what my family is choosing. I went online and was like looking for support groups. There's so many like dementia, Alzheimer's caregivers, support groups. There's so I'm like this huge advocate with like, if I find something I've learned, um, in my personal life that you don't have to do it alone. Like you don't have to be the only one that experiences it and experiencing it by yourself. So I've, I'm a huge advocate to reaching out for support mm. groups and like-minded individuals and being so open that I'm like, you know, just this beacon of like, Hey, if you know anyone that knows anyone, please send it my way. Yes. Cause this is how we grow. Yes. You know, it's so true. And, and thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness that we're not supposed to do this alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, it's such a wonderful unintended consequence of having something go wrong, quote unquote, I'll put go wrong in quotes because Mm -hmm. that's a judgment. That's a perception. And I get that. Um, that's part of why I named the podcast. This is not what I ordered because it kind of pokes fun at the fact that like, man, we have such little control over these situations. Oh my gosh. Um, but to be able to make a little bit of a joke about it is awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think when something goes quote unquote wrong, um, there are these beautiful unintended consequences of bringing us together with people who care, with people who can relate. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have a big smile on my face right now. I'm thinking about that question you asked me, which is like, what did you do right after? How did you reach out for support? Mm-hmm. The answer is I learned how to get really serious about opening myself to receiving love, Mm. um, both from myself and from the people who care about me. Um, and I remember I actually shared in the, the, the first full episode of my podcast, which is episode two, uh, I invited a friend of mine to interview me. And that friend is someone who had, was actually the first person that I cried with when I got diagnosed. It was hard for me to really let in all the realness of it and the emotion mm-hmm. and touch into that on my own. But I remember sitting next to her in a, it, we were in a group supervision at our counseling center and I revealed to the group that I had just received this diagnosis and she put her arms around me and that was when I was first able to cry. Mm-hmm. And it was the most pure, like there was no other agenda. I knew I didn't have to be doing anything else. Mm-hmm. I could just be. And it was such a gift. That's so amazing. I love and adore you. That's thank Aww. you for sharing that. <laughs> I really, yeah. um, I really want to honor again. You know, whether you're someone who's just been diagnosed, whether it is multiple sclerosis, maybe it is dementia. Like, how can you hear yourself in this? And I, I love the way that you. Um, just authentically share, right? So if you hadn't had that deep cry yet, or if you hadn't had that um, opportunity to share with your loved ones or, you know, create the experience that you want, you know, that I want this to be the invite 
And like, I want to also like your journey is your journey and maybe it doesn't look exactly like this. Um, right. And that's perfect too. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's really, and it's wild, right? So I'm going to like kind of bring my mom situation, but it's like, she gets to have this really, you know, this part of her journey and how this looks. And at the same time, it's like the gift for me is that I'm learning that while I just, I get to actually ask questions. You know, I think as a kid, I just was like, don't ask questions. You know, mm. She won't tell you anyways. It's fine. And now I'm like, no, no, I want to know how your day is mentally. I want to know what, how your thought, like quality of your thoughts are. Like I want to, you know, and I'm actually getting to build a stronger relationship with my mother than I've ever had um, because of this, right? And, you know, it's interesting while I'm like, wow, I had this expectation expectation of who I wanted you to be my whole life. <laughs> now I'm like, who are you actually? And like, how do I hurry up and get to know you before that part of you is gone? And it's just like, what a great invite to give an opportunity, like a cosmic redo is what I keep calling it. Mm. It's like now I actually get the opportunity to be incredibly intentional with my words and my connection and, you know, learn all about who she is as a woman outside of being my mother. So I love that there's such a gift in even the hardest situations if we choose to like orient to that. Yeah. And you are bringing such a uh, genuine curiosity about who she is, which mm-hmm. to me is one of the most powerful ways to love mm-hmm. is it's almost like you're stepping into your power mm-hmm. as an individual so that you can see her as an individual from this new place. There's no agenda in what you're saying. You're actually just saying, I want to know you. Yeah. And so that brings me to another really great question um, is orientation. I noticed that I've met um, I've met several individuals that have been diagnosed with a health health condition or a health challenge or chronic illness, and they identify as like someone who has this. And then all of a sudden there's like it, it's it's like all consuming, you know, it becomes their identity instead of living someone who lives with this. So my question inside of it is like, how do you um, like not take this on as now your identity? Well, I think there's something really special about being able to choose how we identify it. Like you said, like everybody has their own way of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, it's important for the folks who do live kind of like with their diagnosis first Mm -hmm. as their primary identity, that that's probably really empowering Mm. and in some way helps them own it versus feeling owned by it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know because I don't personally relate. I joke that I have um, a fairly, (laughs) and this may sound like a surprise because I have a podcast about living with health challenges, but I have, a fair amount of denial mm-hmm. in my in my life, which allows me to live my days without dwelling on the what ifs. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I call it denial and I joke about it is because I actually think denial gets a bad rap in mm-hmm. our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is when you think about a health challenge and what 
our society tells us it means to have a health challenge, there's this almost there's this expectation that we will live our days preparing for some eventuality that hasn't come yet. Mm. And so for me in particular, I have a relapsing remitting form of multiple sclerosis, which means there are periods where my level of disability is slim to none. Mm-hmm. And in those times, I find it, it's this real, it's, it's like a mind state mm-hmm. that I need to be clear about. Sometimes I do need to think about the future. Sometimes I do need to grieve the fact that I don't know if I'll be able to have a home that has stairs in it mm-hmm. or that I don't know what, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, which is actually true for all of us. But mm-hmm. because I have this diagnosis, I have a specific way that I'm unsure. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to grieve that, but then also to give myself permission not to dwell on it. And so I joke that it's denial uh, mm-hmm. Because I think denial is one ingredient in the overall dish, um, but it allows me to take a little bit of space. Yeah, I love that too, because I think, I mean, in the coaching world that I was trained in particularly, we talk a lot about survival mechanism and that's the you know, train of thought or the way in which we know how to keep ourselves safe. And I hear this like, oh, if I was in that position, you know, when I find myself in that position, my survival mechanism would take that and just run down that rabbit hole. Like, why even bother now? Because in 10 years, it's not even going to matter. And then you totally like it's almost like you need to deny that story or like deny that rabbit hole, like your existence so that you can just be present in the moment and get back to life in now. (laughs) You know, I want to say something that's very time related to this time, Mm -hmm. this this moment in time because of what you just said. So today's. September 5th. Mm -hmm. And two days ago, the chronic illness community lost someone Mm -hmm. who, in my opinion, is like one of the biggest inspirations for so many of us. Her name is Claire Wineland. And I don't know if you know her. Mm -hmm. Um, She is. What's that? I read the article. Yeah. Yes. She, she lived um, with cystic fibrosis, Mm -hmm. which is an incredibly, um, you know, their, the life expectancy has increased over time for people with CF, Mm -hmm. but she always knew that her life expectancy was much shorter than the average person. And the way that she lived her life is part of what inspired me to create this podcast. And she has this quote I want to share because it's so related to what we're talking about right now. She said, we cannot keep teaching people who are sick that they need to be healthy before they can live their lives. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is like, whatever it is that I'm afraid of, like we think of these future potential scenarios, or maybe it's in the present. I mm-hmm. can't do X, Y, and Z now that maybe it's not as scary as we're taught it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that to deny how actually scary it can be for an individual to have these challenges, but what I got from Claire and what I get from so many of the guests on my podcast is that chronic illness is like a giant team building exercise with yourself. Yes. You are doing your best with what yes. you have. So to, it, it is an illusion that we can't have amazing lives while mm-hmm. living with some of the crummiest circumstances. I saw her do it. I mm-hmm. saw her live fully. And I don't mean live fully by denying the the dark parts too. Right. Up until her last days, she was 
doing, um, you know, the Instagram story videos where she would talk about like, man, today has been really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was listening to music and she was with her loved ones and she just, she truly lived a full hearted life. And I'm so sad she's gone. And yet Mm -hmm. I feel this responsibility and I feel honored to be now intentionally living, living out the legacy that she left behind, which is, now it's up to the rest of us to be leaders the way that she was. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. I love every part of it. The The piece that stands out to me always, too, is that, you know, I think our mind makes it more scarier than it is. And then we get there and we're like unstoppable. Like, we, mm. you know, this is another thing. No big deal. You know, it's right. like you get to be you get to be so surprised by yourself when you get there and see like this is just another obstacle and you get to see how you show up in front of it. Right. And, you know, one of my life, like one of the ways that I help myself orient around life philosophy is um, I want to feel like if I was trapped in an elevator, I would make it fun. <laughs> and so if that's my intention, then mm-hmm. there is no circumstance mm-hmm. outside of me that can take that spirit away. I love that. It makes me think of those escape rooms. People pay to feel <laughs> trapped in an elevator. It's amazing. I don't have well, enough. Because there's tremendous creativity that can mm-hmm. come out from, from our hearts when we tap into that intention and make it good. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I really love that piece of, it always makes me think of, um, so for me personally, my own health challenge, I was diagnosed, I think four or five years ago um, with herpes and this piece where I was unbelievably devastated. Like I was, this whole piece of me was just ripped out and I just felt hollow and very in denial that I was like, whoa, I'm in a committed relationship. Like how did this happen? And Mm just like not wanting to think about it, not wanting to like deal with it. And for a year, I mean, it wasn't until my like second and last outbreak that I was like, Oh my God, this is actually real. Oh my God. Like, and it's crazy because in retrospect, that was the catalyst for me finding myself and creating myself and building my life and standing on top of that. This means anything about me. And I'm eternally grateful for the gift that it was because I got to reincorporate and and reclaim all these parts that I had given away. And that it was funny because I remember seven years earlier finding someone who had it and just being like, oh my God, no way. Like terrified of this person. Like don't even mm. hug me. And now I'm like, what? It's like not even a big deal. Like it's literally no different than eczema, right? Like it's just fascinating how if we let our minds like wander and run you know yes. the stories that we can create all to distract us I feel like most times right and it's like that's it's like finding a balance between acknowledging and honoring that yes mm-hmm. there's absolutely I don't even think inconvenience does justice to it because it can be really challenging to right. have these symptoms come up right and that's not the only thing and it's mm-hmm. not just the story that we're told about it. And so you actually had to walk through the fire to find your own story about it. That was Mm -hmm. truer for you than what the culture had taught you, which is so empowering and awesome. Absolutely. I know. And 
that's that's why we're here right to take these what could be life devastating like i mean it is life altering things and to really empower not only ourselves but others who are also facing these kind of situations and I'm so excited that we get another 30 minutes to dive into more about you and how we can empower you to empower others and have others hear themselves so that they can find hope and possibility inside of what we're talking, regardless of whether it directly applies to them and what they're up to and what's what they're facing. So tune in. We're going to take a small little break and then we'll jump into more after this. This is Heart Empowered Women Radio with Clarice Conley and Lauren Selfridge. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff care carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello, and welcome back to the next. 30 minutes of Heart Empowered Women Radio. I am on air with Lauren Selfridge, who is a psychotherapist, powerhouse, brilliant, empowered woman who's living with multiple sclerosis and creating a podcast called This Is Not What I Ordered. So check that out where podcasts are played. And I really also want to point out this uh this is not what i ordered has become a finalist lauren has become a finalist for a health award can you explain a little bit about that it's so exciting well first of all i just want to say i did not know about this organization until this year and was so excited to find out it exists it's called we go health and it's about it focuses on patient leaders which is essentially people living with some type of health challenge 
who are creating good things in the world Mm. from that place. So the idea is instead of just having things created for us, we're also creating ourselves. And there's something really unique and special about being led by each other. Mm -hmm. So the WeGo Health Awards program was created to recognize and honor the people making a difference in the online health community. And um, I just found out this morning that, um, so uh, I was nominated for the podcast uh, and during their nomination period. And then they went through a finalist round and discovered that this is not what I ordered. And, and I, I guess it's my name, but it's also the podcast uh, made the top five finalists for the podcast category, which is just such an honor. And the other podcasts that have are that are finalists as well are awesome. So it's just really exciting. Um, And I'm, I'm, feeling really honored and grateful. Mm, Yay. So go check it out again. This is not what I ordered. It's amazing. Like share with your friends, have conversations. I, I really, my intention for all of this is to have people that are empowered, living in empowered lives and just like spread this depth and quality of conversations you have with your friends, your loved ones, anywhere, everywhere, so that you have these kind of connections that I think, you know, maybe we subconsciously desire or maybe are consciously, you know, looking to create. But this, when you talk about these kind of uh, rich topics, you really get to open up and see a part of yourself you may not have otherwise. So true. Um, the other piece I really wanted to, you know, underscore or all caps and bold is w- the gift in, in even just talking to you for the first 30 minutes is I really want to put out there this side note of like honor your experience, no matter what your diagnosis, the health challenge, the chronic illness, no matter what it, you know, how it's manifesting or how it's showing up in your life, like honor that there's no right way or wrong way. There's no it should sound more like Lauren's. It should sound more like mine. Um, it's all perfect as it is. And what I'm wanting to do here is just show you that there are possibilities and you get to take whatever you want to walk away with and whatever possibility you hear for yourself. And that's perfect. Like that's the intention that I want to create even in the last 30 minutes too. Yes. I love that, that the, the idea is even within one person, there can be so many different experiences. So Mm -hmm. like, even with me one day, I might have like this feeling of sky high soaring, feeling Mm -hmm. great uh, on top of the world. And then later that same day or another day, I'm like, man, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. And so it's also about like what you just said, honoring all of those experiences within ourselves, because it's, it's a, it's an awesome multicolor, multifaceted journey. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel are some things people could try that they may not be aware of, or some people could, um, you know, like take on that they're not necessarily sure is possible? So one of the things that I do for myself, and it may or may not work for the people listening to this, Mm -hmm. um, is I call it letting my symptoms be a tour guide. 
And what that means for me is, so for the first few years that I had MS, I had these symptoms of dizziness, fatigue, brain fog, and I would get really emotionally frustrated, scared, angry, and I would resist the symptoms when they would arise and they, they would show up whenever they wanted. Um, and so it sort of felt like a, like a battle or like, uh, somebody just showed up to the party that I don't want here, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I'm mm-hmm. trying to live a life here and you're getting Get in the way. Yeah. Right. And so I decided to apply the same tools that you and I just talked about, which is welcoming all emotions that arise, which as a therapist, I had great training in and I was pretty good at it in myself. And I said, what if I applied that to the symptoms, not just the emotions that arise? What if I treated my symptoms as these important, uncontrollable, necessary parts of my day as well Mm -hmm. and let them do what they need to do, sort of let them have their life within me because they have a lifespan, right? Like they have a beginning, middle, end. Some people don't have the end. So I get that and I want to acknowledge that my situation is is different and that my symptoms will arise and fall away, just like emotions. So I, I started to apply that same principle and what I found was that when I didn't resist the symptoms and I actually turned on this attitude of, oh, hi there. Like, where do you want me to go? Almost Mm -hmm. like letting someone take your hand and direct you. I paid attention to where they took me and it turned out to be really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, Without the resistance, the symptoms are mainly entertaining. They reorient me to a new way of being present. Um, When I'm not resisting dizziness, it's kind of fun. Uh, it can still be scary even when I'm not resisting it, but when I just let myself do what I need to do, whether it's lie down or stop or sit down, I just, I'm just having an experience. Um, it definitely gets me out of my head. I don't ruminate. Mm -hmm. I'm not worrying about anything else. I'm just in that moment dealing with that moment. And that's what mindfulness practice is. So it's actually turning out to be that I get to check my stories a lot of the time like we were just talking about the stories about how we're supposed to think and feel and Mm -hmm. we have stories that we create to make meaning of our lives every day and they often come from the mind and the mind really wants to be on on duty all the time making up stories about life that's its job which can lead to stress right (laughs) Right. so in Mm -hmm. some ways i think my symptoms sometimes come in and interrupt that process and say actually no right now i need you to have brain fog and brain fog doesn't let you make up the stories nearly as quickly. Or if I'm if I'm resisting brain fog, it's mainly stories about how much I hate brain fog. But without those stories, I'm just having an experience. Right. I love that so much. I really wanna like highlight the the power of listening into your own body. I I it stood out to me very hard watching this one time. Uh you know, a mother a child combination where the child had finished extreme sports and, you know, there was this conversation of like, oh, I have a headache. It's like, oh, take ibuprofen. You know, so it's it's wild because I saw this and for me, having done my own personal work, I'm very in tune with what my body needs and I'm like, well, man, did he have enough water though? Was he having any electrolytes? You know, was he having enough protein? Has he eaten enough? You know, so it's, it's interesting that, we are conditioned or brought up to do as 
you know, our parents, parents, parents have probably done. But there's this way of like, you know, if the child would have had a little electrolyte water, you know, how that could have alleviated maybe a lot of the other symptoms as well. And, you know, how there's even the impact of, you know, taking our ibuprofen or pain relievers regularly instead of, you know, tuning in. So I love that you get to, there's a gift in learning like, oh, what is my, my body trying to tell me? Yeah. And it is, it is one of those things where it's, it's like not either or either I take medicine or I don't either I'm listening to my body or I don't. There's a way I think like you're, what I'm hearing and what you're saying to say like, okay, ibuprofen is, oh, ibuprofen is one tool. What else do I need to pay attention to? And medicine is a whole conversation that could, I mean, I'm sure we could do a whole episode on mm-hmm. that, but um, just going with the theme of what are some tools people can use. Um, I have a relationship with my medication for MS and I think different people have different opinions about what it means to take medication. Does it mean that I'm ignoring my body or denying something? Or if I don't take medication, am I ignoring my body and denying something? So what I've done is created an intentional relationship with the medicine, which to be honest with you, it is a little bit scary. It's an mm-hmm. infusion that I get in the hospital twice a year. And I do like, I do a little walk on the beach with, before my infusion at some point the week before. And I have a conversation, I thank it and I welcome it into my body so that when I go and sit down on the day of the infusion, it is a process of my body welcoming something in versus being only mm. scared. And I, I still I am scared that. sometimes, but just inviting it in mm-hmm. gives me more of a sense of ownership and like it's a conscious decision on my part. Yeah, instead of something that's like violently being done to you. I'm sure it's not violent, but I mean, your mind makes up the story like, oh God, today's the day. Yeah, it can feel, mm-hmm. actually it can feel like maybe not violent, but violating, you there know, you to go. have that's this foreign chemical in your body. Mm-hmm. If I look at it that way, it's very, it can be traumatizing. And that's okay, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually makes sense. Our bodies are trying to protect themselves, yeah. and we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. We're kind of supposed to be weary of what we put in our bodies because we're trying to make the best decisions we can for our wellness. Um, so it's good to be a little bit circumspect and say, mm-hmm. "Hmm, is this the right medicine for me?" And it does take for some people trial and error and listening in and paying attention. Like I actually had to go through a few medications that my body said no to before mm-hmm. I found this one. I, I love that. I really, um, yeah, everyone's journey looks so incredibly different. And I think I really want to bring up, you know, if I'm on your website, we're talking about, this is not what I ordered.com. You go on it and you have this place in which people can find therapists and coaches and also recommend practitioners on here. So if you're someone who you feel like your journey has been hard and you're changing all these medicines or you're not being understood or people don't get it because you don't know, like I'm a huge advocate, reach out for support, whether that is a therapist, whether it is a coach, whether it is a support group, um, do you have anything that you want to add around that? Yeah, I will say that it's so important to me. Actually, right after I was diagnosed, I started looking for someone, a therapist who really got 
and understood health challenges. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit hard. I had to go through word of mouth at one point just to find the right person because people aren't generally categorized that way. Mm-hmm. Like this therapist does know about health challenges and this one doesn't. So I decided to start this directory called the therapists and coaches who get it directory, meaning these people either live with health challenges or they specialize in health challenges and can help folks live awesome lives with the health challenge versus coming from the perspective of like, how do you just deal? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, in my psychotherapy practice work with couples and individuals with health challenges and actually, um, now I'm taking clients all over the state of California as online clients, which is mm, really awesome. Yay. And it is so fulfilling and exciting for me. I feel so lucky to do this work that when I meet with my clients, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're doing such important work together. And there's a way that there's certain things that don't need to be explained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody has their own symptoms and their own like progression of what's going on with their body. So that part sometimes does need to be explained, but just the, the understanding of what it means to have a body and, and to live with a body with in this way, it's just so cool Mm -hmm. to have those conversations from that place. I love that. And so if someone's interested in, you know, if they're madly in love with you as I am already, even (laughs) 45 minutes in and the 20 minutes we talked before, um, how, like, who do you work with? Who, you know, how do they find you? who, you know, how do they identify with you and know that you're the one? Like, what do you? So it's a great question. So my website is for my psychotherapy practice is Lauren Selfridge therapy.com. And what I do is a 15 minute consultation on the phone and see if we would be a good fit. And if it doesn't seem like the right fit, I do provide referrals to somebody else. So, um, it's an important way to kind of just get a sense together. Like, Mm -hmm. does this seem like the right match? And then Usually I'll recommend people make one appointment before deciding if they want to make it a regular thing Mm -hmm. to see what it feels like to sit together and do this work. Um, And and also what I'll say is I used to be really against online therapy, interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about chronic illness and how important the Internet is in creating connection when sometimes we can't leave the house or we just feel too tired. I started doing online therapy with my chronic illness clients in mind. And what I found was there's a certain type of intimacy in being in your own space and having therapy that I didn't anticipate. And by using video, we can actually make really great connections Mm -hmm. together. And that goes beyond therapy too. It goes to, you know, like Facebook live and Instagram and people are connecting from their beds and their couches Mm -hmm. in a way that's really helping prevent isolation. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. I take all of my clients over the phone and I think the level of comfort that you find in your own home, it already, it, it, it aids in your favor because you don't have to be discomfort, like, you know, uncomfortable sitting in a, uh, you know, stiff chair in the middle of an office, 25 minutes away from your house. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the travel that mm-hmm. goes into getting to and from therapy mm-hmm. can be enough to, keep someone from coming Mm -hmm. if they're in the midst of stuff with their bodies. And that's the last thing I want is for therapy to be an added stressor. Mm -hmm. I want it to enhance people's lives. Right. Just pick up the phone. So in case you're anything like me and spelling is always a challenge, I'm going to spell out her website. So you don't, you know where to go and you go to the right place. Lauren is L-A-U-R-E-N 
and Selfridge, S-E-L-F-R-I-D-G-E dot com. So Lauren Selfridge. Oh, it was Lauren Selfridge Therapy, right? Yes. Although if you go to laurenselfridge.com, it'll take you to the podcast cool. website. Too. That's where I was. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. So there's, um, I mean, there's so much on your website. You can see the videos. Tell us about a video. You're doing a video series as well. Yes. So one of my missions for myself in life that I like to shout from the rooftops is joy for joy's sake. And one of the things that brings me joy is filmmaking. I am not a professional filmmaker, but I am a filmmaker of the heart. Mm. And I believe video is one of the most powerful ways to communicate. And so what I did was I heard this call inside of me that said, Lauren, bring a video camera when you do these interviews for the podcast. And I was like, but why, what's it going to do? Will it make me money? And it was like, it doesn't matter. Create, Mm -hmm. just create for the joy of creating. Cause we're not on this earth for that long. You need to do what brings you joy. So I brought a video camera with me when I was traveling on the East coast this summer. And I got a few videos of some of the interviews and created a few little short clips, um, that highlighted the first guest of the season, episode 26. Her name is Sarah Sears. Mm. And there are a few videos. One is called The Gifts of Disorientation, Mm -hmm. where she talks about her traumatic brain injury and how her experience of life shifted through doing Mm -hmm. yoga Mm -hmm. and applying the principles of yoga to how she lives her daily life. And then there's one called Medsplaining, which is just a very short clip, uh, a little joke about, medsplaining, which is a new, I want it to be a new hashtag. It's the idea when people tell us what's happening for our bodies, even though we're the ones who know what's oh, happening. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hashtag I like that. I like that. Okay. <laughs> and, um, then there's, well, there, there are actually a few other videos because I created a, like a promo for season one and a promo for season Yay. two. And so there's just some fun stuff. And my hope mm-hmm. is to continue to create and provide media that is inspiring, uplifting and meaningful for people living with health challenges. Because as one of the listeners said to me once, and it is still my favorite listener quote, she said, for the first time in my life, I feel like it's actually cool to have a chronic illness. And it mm-hmm. is cool. Like I want us to see our brilliance that comes through living through health challenges. Like Mm -hmm. it's awesome. We're deep. We're able to connect with each other. We're able to have real conversations. We're able to pull on our reserves of strength that we didn't even know that we had. And so it is almost like a rite of passage to go through this and to connect together and uplift the wisdom of the community. I love that. That feels like this mic drop where I should just like end the episode here. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's the thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love this rite of passage notion. It's so it deeply touches me when I hear it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that that's the thing. Um, how would you describe rite of passage to individuals that may or may not know that kind of term? I kind of want to look it up because to be honest with you, I think that term is misused a lot. Yes. And now I want to make sure that I can. (laughs) I I think that you did a great job. (laughs) Well, it's this idea. Well, I'll tell you what I mean. And then I'll tell you if mm -hmm. if I use the actual right phrase here. I feel like, okay, here we go. A ceremony or event marking an important stage in someone's life, especially birth, puberty, marriage, and death. So add a couple because we no longer live in the black and white. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like 
There's something about like when I said to you earlier, you you kind of had to go through that period of darkness mm-hmm. with your own experience, like you've walked through the fire, that there's a real falling to your knees that can happen when things quote unquote go wrong. And in that breaking, we get to unearth the parts of ourselves that need to authentically come out. And yeah. when when we have um, kind of like, I know I'm using, this is going to be like the 16th metaphor of the conversation. I'm when the it. rug is pulled out from mm-hmm. underneath us, there's this vulnerability that leads to, in my opinion, a re- creating of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I like Mm -hmm. to reframe chronic illness and health challenges as being a major life. For some people, it's an event for some people that are born with it. Um, But a major turning point for people in tuning in and Mm -hmm. finding out what's really important to me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Which we all need to do, by the way. It's just, I like to use chronic illness as an excuse to get there faster. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I for me for me, totally. I moved across country by myself and that could have been the thing, right? Like you're like, wow, who do I want to be? I get to choose. Nobody knows me here. But it literally wasn't until I was diagnosed and on my knees, like sobbing, like, ah, what did I do to deserve this? You know? Um, and four five years of uh, you know, deep personal development to finally get to the top of the mountain be like, wow, that was the best gift I could have ever gotten. And Mm. I'm so much more my authentic version of self that I was always meant to be because of it. And I completely, um, like honor everyone on their journey and, and, you know, it doesn't need to be rock bottom and maybe it does. And maybe it's a little, um, being fired to reassess your life or maybe it's, the passing of a loved one, right? So it's like, how can you take no matter what circumstance or situations going on in your life and really look at it as an opportunity to springboard into your life? Yes. And I just want to appreciate you um, as an interviewer for a moment and say your genuine enthusiasm and excitement and curiosity Mm. are so, they're such gifts to us as guests. And I see how you're bringing that to your relationship with your mother. And I just think it's so cool and I think you're awesome and your podcast is awesome. Yay. So, although is this a podcast or a radio show? Um, <laughs> it started out as a radio show and then we transitioned over to Accomplishment Media. So it's a podcast pre- previously just <laughs> named radio show. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, and I so, feel even better that I didn't know the answer to my own question. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No, I welcome total authenticity and I'll own that I'm, you know, terrible at pronunciation and spelling. So bring you as you are and, you know, there's no judgment here and no, um, it's great. Perfect. Use yeah. it. Use it. <laughs> use it the right way anyways. Uh, and there is no right way. Um, so there's like two minutes left. I want to give it yeah. to you. N- you know, what is something we didn't cover? What's something we should make sure people know? What's something we like last two minutes is yours. What do you what do you want to gift the listeners with? Mm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give the listeners with some of my favorite inspirations yes. so that they can check out if they're interested. Um, so one of them is Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer, my favorite thing that he did is something called the shift from ambition to meaning. And he has a live audio of an event that he did when he was in Maui several years ago. Wayne Dyer has passed away. Mm-hmm. He is, 
he helps people look at how we can create really meaningful, beautiful lives. And so this audio is my recommendation. It's not the book, the shift. It's the audio of the weekend workshop that I recommend. Um, I also recommend getting involved with Byron Katie, who is mm -hmm. a woman who had a spiritual awakening in her forties and wrote the book loving what is. And she developed a process called the work, which you can find at thework.com that helps people question their stressful thoughts and experience the opposite and find freedom. Um, and also Louise Hay, who wrote the book, you can heal your life and created Hay House Publishing. Louise passed away this past year and she's another great inspiration. Oh my gosh, I love her book. I don't remember what it's called, but I own it. Where you literally like, oh, my back hurts. You go to like the back, you see the bro the problem. It's like in your world. And then you see the affirmation that you can gift yourself if this yeah. is something that's happening. I love that book. I look at it all the time and it's always freakishly on, on point. Um, thank you so much for sharing those. So Byron Katie, check out Wayne Dyer and Louise Hayes. Those are amazing, amazing, inspirational people. Um, thank you so much, Lauren, for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Thank you so much for taking that as such a gift and, and inspiring and empowering others to do the same and the work that you're doing again, find her on this is not what I ordered.com. I'm elated. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Again, this is another beautiful episode of Heart Empowered Women Radio, where I look to have empowered women who are up to doing powerful things in the world and taking what life's handed to them and transforming not only their lives, but the lives of others around us. So tune in as we hand you more opportunity to hear possibility through every episode. <laughs>